Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We've been worshipping God tonight. Worship is not just about singing and, and, and having fun. It's about living a life, a life of sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. That is our true and proper worship. Can I challenge you tonight? Is that okay? I'm going to challenge me. And is it okay if I challenge you? I want to challenge you tonight with that concept of what it means to live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. And I want to challenge you and me with this tonight as well. So as I'm, as I'm sharing this message tonight, and you're going, gee, that's, that's not too bad. I reckon that message is pretty good for Fred. I reckon that message is pretty good for Joan. I reckon the message that John's, Pastor John's sharing tonight is pretty good for my neighbour. I reckon that message is pretty good for my son or daughter. Can I challenge you tonight? Don't do that. Is that okay? Well, if it isn't, it doesn't matter because I'm going to preach it anyway. And I say this to, my, to our church quite often. You know, when I preach, when I share, and when other people share and preach from our pulpit, you know, most of the time, I want people to understand that it's, this message is for you. Because the temptation for all of us is to go, this is for somebody else. But no, you're here tonight. And this message is for you. It's for me. It's so easy to look at somebody else and go, yeah, they need that in their life and they need this in their life. But I'm challenging myself and you tonight to say, yes, I need this in my life. I need this in my life. You know, what's your response to God's mercy? What's your response? What's my response to God's grace and mercy? Once we know that, that Jesus has died for us so that we can have a right relationship with God, the, our creator, what's our response? Do we just simply then sit on our hands and do nothing? Let me tell you, we've got a greater call than that. We've got a call to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God. So what's your response to God's mercy over your life? Are you willing to sacrifice your own life? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to live a life that's holy and pleasing to God? Let me say something to you. People who don't read the Bible read Christians. People who don't read the Bible read Christians. See, Church of Bowen, we have a job to do. Together, we're to help people out there know about the love of Christ. That's our job. That's our job. To tell people that Jesus loves them. But if we, we don't get this concept that we're to live a life, a, a life that's a life that's sac, a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God, if we don't get that in our own lives, if we're 
sour pusses if we suck on lemons all day long, if we carry on and if we're angry and if we're upset with everybody and everything and if we're out there carrying on and saying this is not good and that's not bad, that's bad, etc. What sort of message are we giving to the people out there? Why would they want what we've got? If we're like that, are we living a life that's a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God? People who don't read the Bible read Christians. You know, the moment we say we're a Christian, they start reading your life. Who knows that? The moment you put your hand up at work and say, I'm a Christian, they start saying, oh, well, I'm going to start looking at you. Oh, I know what a Christian's supposed to do and I know what a Christian's supposed to say. Let's see if he does that. Let's see if he says that. Says that. That's what happens. They start reading you and I. Let me ask you, what do they see at your workplace? What, is, what do they witness? What do they read about your life when you're at the shops? What do they read about your life when you're in the car? Now, there's a challenging one for me. I don't have that fish sticker on the back of my car for a very good reason. I know that when a car turns in front of me from the highway here and they're going 40 kilometres in an 80 kilometre zone, my temptation is to give them the bird. (laughs) But I know that I'm to live a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God. And I made a big mistake with my, my new car. Does everybody know what sort of car I drive? It's terrible. It sticks out. It's bright orange BMW. So I have to live a holy and sacrificial life in front of all of you. There's no escape. Every time you see this bright orange BMW driving down the road, you know, there's Pastor John. I'm going to start reading him. Is he living a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God? Or is he wanting to put the bird up? What do they see when we drive our cars? What do they see when we're under pressure? What do they see when we go through the fiery trials of life? I was reading my Bible the other day. That's a good thing. It was saying one John, in 1 John 4.12, it said this, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In other words, when we love people, when we love other people, they actually get to see what Jesus is like. Nobody's ever seen God, but when I choose to love that person... They're getting a picture of what Jesus is like. It's challenging. You know, when we get together as the churches of Bowen, what do they see? What does, it, what does Bowen see when we come together? Are we loving each other? Even though we may have different expressions of worship, even though we may do, th- do things differently on a Sunday morning, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what matters. Are they seeing that we love each other? That we are being, that we are living a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God? Is that what they see when the churches of Bowen come together? What do people read in your life? What do they see? I don't know about you, but I don't always find it easy to love others. Is it just me? Is there anybody else in the room that finds it difficult to love others sometimes? I thank you for your honesty. I don't like those people that don't necessarily agree with me. I don't like those people that don't necessarily believe what I believe. I don't like those people that do things differently to me. 
I don't like those people that hurt me. I don't like those people that treat me poorly. But here's the thing, I'm to live a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God. See, living a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God will mean that we'll need to go through the fire, the fiery furnace. Because there's stuff all of us need to let go of and get burnt off as we go through the fire, the fiery furnace. There's stuff in my life that's had to be burnt off. I couldn't stand here today if I didn't get over the fear of man. There's stuff that I have to allow God to burn off in my life so I can reach the destiny that he has for me. And it's the same for you. Most of us are familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Yeah? What an amazing story. We all know that these three guys, they were living, let me tell you, they were living a life, a sacrificial life that was holy and pleasing to God. They were living a life of faith. They wouldn't bow down to the king's golden statue, Nebuchadnezzar. They wouldn't bow down to his statue. They were willing to go into the fire knowing that their God could save them. But even if God didn't save them, they were still willing to go into the fire. Is that how we live our lives? Are we willing to live a sacrificial life? Is there stuff in our life that we need to allow God to burn off? Let me read to you from Daniel 3, 16 to 28 in the New Living Translation. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. How many of us as Christians think we need to defend ourselves? We get up and we carry on and we say we need to defend ourselves. I don't know about you, but when I read about Jesus' life, I really don't see him defending himself too much. Do you? I don't. See, he, he, lived a holy, he lived a life, a sacrificial life that was holy and pleasing to God. If we're thrown, verse 17, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. The story goes on, they get thrown into the fiery furnace. But when they're in the fiery furnace, the king jumps up in amazement because he looks in and not only are there, is there Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fire, there's a fourth person who's, known, who's, who's talked about in the King James Version as being the Son of God. Jesus was in the fire with them. How amazing is that? The king couldn't believe it. Here they were walking around in the fire, four of them. And what's most incredible about this story is when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell of smoke. You know, if, we read, if we're not careful, we can read this story the wrong way. We can read it thinking that whenever we face the fiery trials of life, that we're going to come out of it not smelling of smoke, that we're going to come out of it untouched and unchanged. The truth is that to live a sacrificial life for Christ, it will mean that we will have to face and go through the fiery furnace with Christ. We can't avoid the fire if we want to live a sacrificial life. But here's the thing, even if we do go through the fire, and when we do go through, not if, when we go through the fire, Jesus will be with us in the fire. You know, the true measure of my faith, the true measure of your faith, is not seen when we're outside the furnace. It's measured when we're in the furnace. It's easy to say that you have great faith, that you're a follower of Jesus and you love God and, and when everything's going right and everything's going well. But what about when everything's going wrong? 
What about when your world is falling apart, when you're disappointed in yourself, you're disappointed with people? In fact, you might even be disappointed with God. Yet you remain faithful to God. You trust him no matter what's going on. You trust him no matter the outcome. That is great faith. I'm pretty sure that most of us would love to live our lives never having to go through the fiery fire, the trials of life. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in the fire and it's not our fault. Sometimes we find ourselves in the fiery fire and it is our fault. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were willing to offer their lives as a sacrifice because of their great faith. Great faith does not just happen. It takes time. It's a process and it involves testing over time. God had been at work in Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego well before they even got to the furnace. You know, when we read about all the heroes of the Bible, the great heroes, David, Abraham, Gideon, Joshua, just to name a few, every single one of them, they just didn't have great faith like that. It was tested and worked on over time. So if we're to offer our lives as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God, we can't avoid the fire. You know, you can't just simply sit by the fire. You can't stay there and be unchanged. All of us, every single one of us need God in our lives to change us, to help us so that we can live that life, that sacrificial life that is holy and pleasing to God. We're not here just to survive. We're not here to make our lives newsflash. We're not here to make our lives as comfortable as we possibly can. We're not here to live predictable lives. We're to reach our God. We're here to reach our God-given destiny. I don't know about you, but I want to reach my God-given destiny. Does anybody else want to reach their God-given destiny? You know, some of us just want to sit outside the fire without God. Some of us are not willing to go into the fire because it's going to come at a great personal cost. They know it might be painful or it's too hard or fear or doubt. We need to understand this. Sitting by the fire will not change us. It will not, the necessary change that I need, that you need, will not happen if we're just simply sitting outside the fire. Living a sacrificial life will mean that we're willing to go in the fire whenever God calls us into the fire. You'll go into the fire full of faith, knowing that Christ is with you in the fire and through the fire. Remember remember what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said. They were willing to go in the fire and to trust God that he would deliver them. But even if he didn't, they were still willing to go into the fire. You know that most of the people that were thrown into the furnace didn't come out? Is that how I live my life? Is that how you live your life? Are you giving your all? For God, all, giving you all for Jesus. I just want to remind you, though, that God can and will deliver you from the fire. But here's the thing. There's some stuff that we need to lose to the fire. They're the things that stop us from living a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God. Can I name a few for you? Anger, bitterness, offense, unforgiveness, greed, self-centeredness, pride, Approval of man, selfish ambition, addictions, fear, insecurity, sin. All of these things can hinder us from living the life that Christ has for us. 
You know, it's so easy for us as the church to be able to pick on the sexual sins and look at the world and say, look what they're doing. How bad is that out there? Look what they're doing. They're living, they're getting together and they're doing all sorts of terrible things. How unholy is that? And that's true. But what about us as the church and what are we called to do? What am I called to do? I'm called to live a sacrificial life that is holy and pleasing to God. And sin, sexual sin is, is no different to anger or to bitterness or to offense or to unforgiveness or to greed or to self-centered. Are you getting the picture? This message is for you tonight. This message is for me tonight. It's not for the person next door. It's not for your neighbor. It's not for that other person. It's for you and it's for me. Like the thing about following God, about following Jesus, is that it's about personal accountability. That's what I found. If I want to live a life that's sac- a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God, then it's about me going into the fire as many times as I need to go into the fire so I can get rid of pride, so I can get rid of self-centeredness, so I can get rid of greed, so I can get rid of approval of man. All that stuff that hinders me and stops me from where God's calling me to go. I will need, you know, if I want, if I'm, if I want to offer my life as a living sacrifice, as holy and pleasing to God, I need to get over being treated poorly. If I want to live a life, if I want to live a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God, I need to get over being treated poorly. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 2 to 18 when he instructs his listeners of what to do when they're being treated poorly. 1 Peter 2, 18 to 20, NIV version. Slaves. Have you ever felt like a slave? Slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if somebody bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Let me modernize that for you today tonight workers workers in reverent fear of God submit yourselves to your boss not only to those who are good and considerate but also to those who are harsh wow newsflash We need to get over being treated poorly. See, our mission is too great, isn't it? We're to live a sacrificial life that's holy and pleasing to God. We need to get over being treated poorly. People who don't read the Bible read Christians. How do we react? How do I react when I'm being treated poorly? Are we just like the rest of the world? Do we complain? Do we moan? Do we groan? Do we carry on? Do we get angry? Do we get bitter? Do we, do get, do we demand justice? Two of my heroes in the Bible, of course, is Jesus and Paul. I don't know. I've looked through the scriptures and I can't see too many places where Jesus or Paul moan, groan, complain and carry on. 
when they're being treated poorly. In fact, Paul, when he gets treated poorly and gets thrown into jail and has been whipped and tortured and whatever else has happened to him, what does he do when he gets into jail? At 12 o'clock at night, he starts singing hymns and praying to God. And this in turn causes the jailer to become a follower of Christ. See, our mission is too important to moan and groan and complain and to be, to be upset about being treated poorly. But what is it to your credit if you receive a beating for, what, for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Let me help you with what it means to do good. John, letting go of offense, turning the other cheek, loving your enemy, love your neighbor, die to self, put others' needs ahead of your own, give to the needy, forgiveness, don't judge others. Don't look down on others. When I'm being treated poorly, when I'm going through the fiery fires, trials of life, what sort of aroma do I give off? 2 Corinthians 2, 15 to 16 in the NIV version says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who have been saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to another an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? What is the aroma that I give off when I'm going through the fire? Is the aroma I give off, is it bringing death? Or is it bringing life? When you're going through the fires, fiery trials of life, what is the aroma that you're giving off? See, we're to live this life. I urge you, Paul's saying, I urge you to the Romans. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of the fact that Jesus came and died for you, in view of the fact that Jesus showed you mercy when you didn't deserve it, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to live your lives as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God? Because this is your true and proper worship you know we can come to church on a Sunday and in some churches it might be hymns in other churches it might be more modern and contemporary songs and we can look like we know we're we're loving the Lord and we're worshiping God and then we go to work on Monday and we get into the lunchroom and everybody's moaning and groaning and carrying on about the boss and we join in (gasps) are you getting it Our mission is too important. In view of God's mercy, we're to offer our lives as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God. If I could have the band up, please. Do I come out of the fire smelling like the fire? Or do I come out of the fire smelling like roses? I hope that I come out of the fire smelling like a rose. And I hope that that's for you as well. You know, if we're willing to lose our life for Jesus, we will find the life he has for us. Listen to his words in Matthew 16, to 20, 24 to 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. 
and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Let's be willing to go into the fire when God's calling us into the fire. You might only have to go into the fire a few times and praise God for that, but I know for me I've had to go into the fire many times. Let's be willing to go into the fire whenever God calls us into the fire. Let's, let's allow the fire to get rid of the stuff that's holding us back and holding us down from the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. Let's be the people who live our lives so that not only will the people see that not only will people see what Jesus is like, but so our lives are an act of true worship to our God. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.